Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe. Also rate and review. Wouldn't it be great if there was one health book out there that actually addressed your whole body, mind, spirit? Well, let me tell you, there is. It is called Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It is not about dirty sex. It is a play off the word clean, sensual superfoods and aphrodisiac practices for ultimate sexual health and connection. This book is a healthy lifestyle guide. There are over 40 top experts from functional medicine physicians to registered dietitians to exercise physiologists to psychologists, sexologists, all engaged to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. There are over 50 fantastic, healthy, and delicious recipes. It is also a memoir where I, because I am the author of this book, Lisa Davis, share some very personal stories. Some are heartbreaking. Some are funny to help you get to where you need to be to understand that it does take time to change, but that I am here along with all the other health experts in the book to help you. Don't let the title fool you. This book will help your communication, your intimacy, how you relate to your partner, how you relate to yourself. But if you do what the book says, it will also help you in every aspect of your health. So please go now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's sold in local bookstores across the country. Check it out. Clean eating, dirty sex. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. Back in 1998, I created, hosted, and produced a health television show called Health Power. It was on KRUZ TV in the lovely Scotts Valley, California. That is right near Santa Cruz. A show played throughout Scotts Valley, Santa Cruz, Monterey. It was really exciting. The reason I bring that up is because I had this dietitian on. And this is back again in 98. She started talking about that it's sugar and grains that are the problem when it comes to heart disease and other issues and not saturated fat. And I remember just being like, wow, my mind is blown. And I was so interested and I started researching and I got so many emails from viewers because it was just email back then. And they were all, they're like, what? What is this woman crazy? What's going on? I don't understand. And I said, look, you got to look this up. So I have been a big fan of the high fat movement for a long time. And I am absolutely thrilled to have the fantastic Vinny Tortrek on the program. He is the author of the Fitness Confidential. He has a Fitness Confidential podcast. He did this freaking awesome documentary, Fat a Documentary, which was just even more eye-opening than like stuff. I'm like, oh, I knew that. I was like, holy crap, I didn't know that. So Vinny, welcome. Uh, what an introduction. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Pleasure talking to you, Liz. Well, you know, I just bring up that story because I remember how the audience was like, what kind of health show is this? Who is this registered dietitian saying that people should be eating fat and that sugar and grains are the problem? But it got me so excited. It's funny. When I sat down to write my book um, almost 10 years ago now, because the book has been out for about eight years, um, I was soft selling the whole don't eat sugars and grains thing. You know, it's like, I didn't want to talk about 
ketosis because the word you know now the word ketosis keto is is you know is as popular as saying the Beatles or you know <laughs> anything you would say popular words that are out there keto is that popular uh, but nine ten years ago when I was writing the book not so popular at all. Yeah, that's what's so amazing, isn't it? That there's been such a big paradigm shift. And I know we have a long way to go. And when I was watching Fat, a documentary, first of all, I I had no idea about the cornflakes, that they, they were actually created to help people abstain from sex. If you could expand on this and tell us a little bit about the Adventist woman, the Seventh-day Adventist woman who heard the voices, because I don't want to give everything away. When I see a film or I read a memoir, I just love it. And I take a million notes in my head and I think, what, I, you know, what about this? What about that? But then I don't want people to be like, okay, well, Lisa just ruined the whole flipping thing for me. So why don't you share what you you want to about that uh, that woman Ellen I believe her name was yeah Ellen G White uh, and, and by the way I don't think we can ruin uh, a <laughs> documentary by talking about it because there's so much in it you know, as a matter of fact uh, just before we get into Ellen White just, you know, when Peter Peter Pardini is a genius and I'm not saying that because he worked on this movie with me and he was the director of it but he also has an award winning documentary out there. Um, about the band Chicago called Chicago Now More Than Ever. Um, the guy, you know, when we sat down, once we had all of our footage shot, I said, Peter, we have so much stuff, and I want to stuff as much as we can into 90 minutes. This thing could have gone on for three hours. Um, it, it could have been like uh, that Scorsese thing, uh, the Irishman. You know, it could have gone three, four hours, and we wouldn't have covered everything. So I said, I want a fast pace. And when we started putting it together, I don't know if you noticed it, but the first two thirds of the movie, there's a drum beat behind it. You know, it's like, boom, 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 boom. And it just keeps going because, you know, the movie moves that quickly. And, you know, we wanted it to move fast like that um, just to get a lot of information. And so nothing we could talk about would could possibly ruin that entire movie because, there is just so much there. Um, Ellen G. White, you know, if you ask most, not most, but if you ask the average person, I was going to say average American, but just average person, how long has veganism been around? And they would probably say, well, about thousands of years, right? I mean, the, 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 the Indians over in India, they're vegans. And, and, and the answer is no. Veganism was conceived in the late 1860s. And they would go, well, what about the, the people of India? It's like they don't eat cow. They eat other red meat. Uh, they call themselves vegetarians. There are sects inside the Indian religions where some of them are, are vegetarian. Uh, but under those rules, they still eat eggs you know, different sorts of eggs, duck eggs, chicken eggs, and so on and so forth. And they all eat cheese. So they have, their vegetarian diet is a more well-rounded diet. Veganism, as I've always called it, is nothing more than an eating disorder that you can get away with. You know, if you just mentioned to any doctor, I'm not, I'm just eating vegetables, that's an eating disorder. You belong to a cult. It makes no sense. Yet, if you call it veganism, or now the more popular name for it, because they even realize that veganism's got a stink around it, 
they now call it plant-based, and I'm using air quotes right now, um, is the same thing. It's not healthy. There's nothing healthy about it. And if you are a vegan, by definition, you are not healthy. There is no such thing. It's an oxymoron to say I'm a healthy vegan. It just doesn't exist. Um, to get more into Ellen G. White, and corn, I guess you wanted the cornflakes answer. Is that it? Well, no, I mean, you can tell us a little bit about uh, how she heard what she had premonitions that God told her not to eat anything with the face, right? And that's how the whole thing started. Yeah, yeah. She, she was a crazy woman. Look, today, <laughs> if, today, if someone said, you know, God was talking to me last night, well, we would lock you up in a loony bin. Or if you don't have the money to make it to a loony bin, we, you would just become a homeless person on the street. That's just the facts of today. In 1860, if you said I was talking to God last night, other people went, wait, what? What did God have to say? You know, <laughs> so, that, that was the, that's the difference. You know, now you're crazy. Back then you were a hero. Wait, God's talking to you? What, what, what's, what's God doing? Look, if I was talking to God, I would go, God, look, who's going to win the, the seventh race down at the track tomorrow? Because I'm going to drop some bucks on it. Um any God I would associate with would allow me to do that. Um, but God told her that we shouldn't eat anything that has a face, anything, any animal. We, we shouldn't consume animals. Although it's written all over the Bible that, you know, you know, this sacrifice, that sacrifice, this offering, that it's all sheep and lambs and cattle and everything else. Um, but Ellen G. White, Seventh-day Adventist, shouldn't eat anything with a face. Okay. Uh, why not? Well, God told me that. Well, when you get down to the truth of the matter, um, the Seventh-day Adventists, they don't believe in masturbation. Well, that's terrible. It's been a favorite pastime of mine since I was around 12. I started even earlier. So yeah, it's it's like my hobby. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you think about masturbation, it's like, wait a minute. No one gets hurt. It feels good, and I don't get fat by doing it. Every other thing you do, somehow, you know, someone else could get hurt, or you could get hurt, or you could get fat by doing it. Uh, not masturbation. You start, you finish, your day goes on, nothing bad happened, right? Yep. It's moment in time. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you think about the whole idea of they were trying to stop masturbation and they didn't believe in sex unless you're procreating and that's it, you know, period. So they did figure out very, very keenly that if you eat a lot of meat, you feel more virile because meat has everything you need and you feel more virile. And you're going to have, as a guy, you're going to have more erections and erections are a bad thing. And if you have an erection, sooner or later, you're going to try to figure out how to get rid of that erection and you're going to masturbate. And, you know, they didn't want that. They also figured out if you didn't eat meat, you don't feel as virile. All of that goes away. Not only do you not feel as virile, you're lethargic and now it's easier to control people. Right. And that's what religion is anyway, controlling people. I'm not making that up. That's just what religion is. I'm not telling anyone to stop going to church or whatever. But religions were created to, in fact, control people, whether you want to believe that or not. They figured they can control people by getting them to not eat meat. 
Furthermore, they figured out if you eat a bunch of grains and sugar, you become even more lethargic. Um, That's so true. There was a young guy in the church. uh, His name was John Kellogg. He became the famous owner of Kellogg's. He used to write for the church. And by the way, this is not me making this up. This is all documented. When you do a documentary, you go find documents. (laughs) I I didn't do a game changer where you just make up crap and throw it on the screen and go, hey, guys, look at this. Yeah, God didn't come and talk to you, right, Vinny, and say, this is what I'm going to tell you this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I didn't have God. I I had a bunch of researchers going, yeah. Because I figured if I'm going to do a documentary, I took you know, I take everything at, at, at face value. I say, what does it mean to do a documentary? It means to document the truth. Therefore, you go out and you find documents that can document your truth. And that's what I did. So now I'm out there doing a documentary and I'm pulling up all this information on the Seventh-day Adventist. And in fact, John Kellogg was the guy that created, wait for it, dextrinization. Oh, Yes. Lovely dextrose. Exactly. And that's when they, you know, the the whole cereal business started. They realized at some point that they had a problem, Lisa. Um, They figured out that grains were so devoid of any nutrition that they would have to add some nutrition to it. Uh, Have you ever noticed, uh, if you ever watch a cereal commercial on Saturday mornings, whenever they run these commercials for kids, They'll say fortify with eight essential iron and essential irons and vitamins. Right. You ever there are thirteen essential vitamins. You ever wonder how that Sophie's choice ever came around? Of which ones to leave in and which ones to leave out? <laughs> uh, I've never thought of that. Guess who has thought of that? Uh, the cereal makers. No, me. Oh. <laughs> The cereal makers thought about it, but I couldn't figure out why the Sophie's oh, choice. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> vitamins and iron. Well, what do you get from meat? Well, you get iron. What do you not get from cereal? Well, you don't get iron. So we got to put this iron in there. If we're going to keep our customers happy, we have to give them some iron. Otherwise, they, they're going to get anemia and they're going to die. And we're going to have to go and recruit more people for the church a lot quicker. <laughs> so they didn't want that to happen. So that's what they did there. Now, the vitamins, you got eight of them. Hmm. Which eight do you choose? Well, you don't get enough B vitamins when you don't eat meat. So they literally spray paint onto these, <laughs> these <laughs> flakes of, of wheat. They, they, they kind of spray the eight essential B vitamins onto the flakes. And that's how they come up with the eight essential versus the 13 essential. Go look at it. Folks, anyone listening to this, go look at any cereal box. You'll be hard to press, hard pressed to find any that has eight, you know, more than eight or maybe sometimes nine, sometimes seven essential vitamins and iron, because otherwise it would be devoid of any nutrition whatsoever. Yeah. Cereal's terrible. I can't, I haven't bought a box of cereal in, I can't remember how many years. So, but I do remember those uh, commercials growing up. And I also remember they'd always say part of a nutritious breakfast and they'd have an extra glass of milk and a glass of orange juice and then like half a grapefruit or something and toast. I'm like, this is a lot of food. That's a lot of sugar. Okay. So let's look at that for a second. Part of, 
you see, they had to they had to do something that was real, mm-hmm. right? So you you could do part of. So in other words, they couldn't get away, you know, because there's something called truth in advertising. Right. So they couldn't say that this was a complete breakfast because. In fact, it was only one macronutrient, and I would argue that it shouldn't be even considered, even though it is a macronutrient, it shouldn't be considered one, but that's, that's now we're playing with semantics. But okay, carbohydrates is, is a macronutrient, and, but the, the truth in advertising said, look, you can't call this complete because you're missing protein and you're missing fat. So they can say part of a natural breakfast right, or part of a natural meal. This is part of it. But the lie goes back again because they're not showing you bacon and eggs sitting next to it. They're showing you a grapefruit or, you know, they're, they're, they're cutting a couple of strawberries in it and there's a glass of orange juice. That's just crap on crap crime, <laughs> right? Absolutely. That's so funny. But the wording, it doesn't matter. You see, the wording and what they're showing you is two different things. It's a sleight of hand. You know, it, that's how disingenuous it is. It's just a sleight of hand. Yeah, it is. And they get away with that. Yeah, and you point that out in the movie quite a bit, especially when you're looking at the 1980s and just the ridicul- ridiculousness of the commercials. You, you wrote, which was great. You're talking about the media and how they'll sell us anything to make a buck. And then you said, quote, nobody wanted the truth. They just wanted a belief everyone could believe. And it's like, do this exercise, take this pill, do this, do that, and you'll lose weight. And it was all just BS. Yeah. It, we lived in a time, you, you know, it's funny. When I, when I got to LA, I moved there for one reason and one reason only. Because I, and by the way, this was 1991. I saw childhood obesity on the rise. No one else was talking about it in 1991. It was just me. And uh, I went to LA and I said, look, you know, this is uh, childhood obesity is on the rise. And they all said, yes, 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 it is. Uh, What do you think we should do about this? And I said, we should get these kids off of all the sugar and grains. And they would kick me out of the office. I got kicked out of Disney. I got kicked out of Nickelodeon. I got kicked out they they weren't hauling me out in handcuffs. They were just going, yeah, uh, don't call us. We'll call you. You know, that, that kind of sentiment, right? And the phone call just never came. Um, so that that's the way that all worked. You know, it's like, yeah, not so much, pal. Not so much. No, and it's because people didn't want to see the truth, right? And one of the things, I mean, there's so many great things about the documentary, Fat, a documentary, I love how you talk about Ansel Keys and, you know, he came up with this whole thing that saturated fat and cholesterol created heart disease, but he didn't have good science. And then there was Dr. John Yudkin and freaking Keys and his colleagues basically made Yudkin out to be a quack because he was like, you got to get rid of the sugar. It's just so ridiculous. And then you have, you know, Nina Teicholtz. I I hope I'm saying her name. Yeah. I love her. I've had her on the show. I've had Gary Taubes on the show. You have such great people in the film. I just, when she said, what is wrong with these food scientists? Why aren't they, can't they be open-minded? Like, why can't they think outside the box? It's just so disturbing. Well, you know, what's even more disturbing about this is, you know, you know, I think it's um, Minnesota universities where Keyes was out Yes. Of. They're still, you know, trying to save face. So you'll never get them to say anything bad about the current state of diet because they would have to go against their great Ansel Keys, a guy who they hold in high esteem. Um, 
you know, Harvard, Walter Willett. I, I call, by the way, I use names. Oh, that's fine. I've asked all of these people to come on my show. It's like, look, if you want to debate me, come on. You know, they'll they'll debate people like Chris Crasser because he's too kind, and they'll debate Master John because he's too kind. Nobody wants to debate me um, because they know that I'm as crazy as they are, and I'll I'll give them a what for, you know, and that's just not going to work for them. That someone's telling the truth, but you know, um, Walter Willett over at Harvard has taken money straight from Unilever. Uh, to put out these lies. So whenever you see something that says Harvard says, well, you can just take that and throw it away. Yeah, and the American Heart Association. But they're all taking money. They're all getting rich and people are dying. And we're sitting there going, oh, the homeless population. Oh, this. Oh, that. And, you know, if you take the number of people who died needlessly from um, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, um, uh, um, you know, just a myriad of health problems, you know, that's neither here nor there. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands die in this country every year. But you get one shooting and all you're going to hear is AR-15, right? Well, I'm not here to debate whether AR-15s are good or bad or otherwise, because they're not. But the bottom line is, you know, it's not sexy to talk about people are dying from morbid obesity or from type 2 diabetes or from, you know, fatty liver disease. And all. And by the way, on the way to death, they're costing the country a lot of money. They're breaking our health care system. But you see, it's not sexy to talk about that. But when a guy walks into Walmart and, and sprays the place full of bullets, we talk about those 20 people. And we should. I'm not saying we shouldn't. But we have a bigger news story where more people are dying. It just didn't happen 20 in a row in a Walmart, right? And I get it. When it happens in a school, we all get mortified. Oh, that could have been my kid. Well, guess what? Uh, let's look at all the fat kids in the school that are going to die young. And I know none of this is popular to say, but it's the truth. Well, it needs to be said. Well, yeah. And I don't sugarcoat stuff here, no pun intended. Uh, I fat stuff. That was a terrible joke. That didn't work. Anyway, but yeah, but the thing is, if we're not talking about this, everyone gets so freaking complacent and there's just so much nonsense. And the thing is, like, I'll talk to really intelligent people and they're just so ingrained in the myth of saturated fat. But you know, I, I'll take um, a guy who I'm going to name drop here, but the guy's a friend of mine, so I'm, I'm allowed to name drop. Okay. Um, Dr. Drew, when I first started talking to, you know, to Drew on his show about saturated fats and the whole thing is like, ah, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I got to look. But <laughs> Drew's an open-minded guy, right? And Drew remains open-minded. So um, he he started looking into it. Guess what? He only eats red meat now. He's one of those guys that just eat. He's like, you know, you know because of you, I talked to this doctor. And I, I sent a bunch of other people into his show. And he goes, because of you, I spoke to this guy. And because of you, I spoke to that guy. Because of you... And now he's actually doing it, and he's off of some medications he was on, or in some cases taking a lot less of them. Yeah, and he's in the documentary, too. I was really happy to see him there, because I didn't know yeah. where he stood on all of this. Yeah, Drew is, uh, Drew, you know, he, and, and by the way, I started going on Drew's show almost five years ago. He, it took him a, a, a while to come around, all of it. Well, it's hard, right? I mean, we've been just indoctrinated so strongly with this. Yeah. 
Yeah, and even a doctor like Drew, who's very open-minded, who does incredible work, he said, I need to take a look-see. He didn't just go for it, you know. Right. Yeah. It's it's very frustrating. It, it, you know, like, for example, like I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. I listen all the time. And I'm like, someone has got to get through to Howard because he'll say, well, you know, he'll like one of one of the guys, Sal, I think, was, you know, trying to do something natural with it to help his cholesterol. And he's like, you have to do whatever the doctor says. And if he says you need statins and if you says you need this. And it's just like it's like freaking doctors, mainstream doctors are like gods. And like they don't know shit about nutrition, the majority of them. And unless you're seeing a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath or something, but it was just like this dogma. And I think of Howard as a really bright guy. So, you know, if you have a, if you have a way <laughs> to influence Howard, let me know because <laughs> it really bothers me. <laughs> yeah. People ask me about Howard all the time and they ask me, you know, would you go to the show? And it's like, well, number one, he has to invite me. Um, and number two, I don't think he's going to buy in because look, the last time I heard Howard or his show, uh, was when he was on in LA and then he went off to, you know, off of regular radio oh, and that okay. was it. Yeah. No, I listened to him on Sirius. Yeah. I haven't listened to a Howard show since. Uh, I take that back. I think I was in someone's car once driving somewhere and um, he, he had Howard on uh, and I went, Oh yeah, I kind of missed that guy. You know, that kind of deal. I was just curious because someone like that who has so much influence and they're so mainstream. And I was actually on the Howard Stern wrap-up show twice uh, last year to help the guys with their health issues. So I was able to talk about some of this stuff. That was great. But he wasn't there for that. But anyway, I was just curious. So let's jump back into the film. So you were able to get Dr. Drew, which is great. You said it took him a while, but it is possible. And I also was so enamored, like I said, with the people. I love Nina. I love Gary Taubes. And I love how Gary in the movie says, we couldn't have screwed up the science of obesity more if we tried. Yeah, it, it really is that kind of weird that, you know, and, and Gary was right. You know, it's like, we, we, we couldn't have gotten it more wrong if we tried. And, and he says it very poignantly. And, you know, it's, um, but he's not wrong. You know, it's, you know, we were going down, look, my grandmother, I think, made it to the sixth grade. They were very poor. They were immigrants. Um, they came to this country, and that that was it, right? My grandmother knew that if you wanted to gain weight, you ate grains. If you wanted to beef up a little bit, or you know, back then, you know, because there was no fat shaming or anything else, they would just go, if "You're gaining some weight. You got to stop eating bread and pasta." You know, <laughs> how did my grandmother know this information? And she barely had a sixth grade education. How did she know this? Yet no one else seems to know this. I don't know. That's that's pretty remarkable. But every, everyone knew this. You know, going back to the movie Game Changers. I know we're talking about my movie, but let's go back to that for just a second. Um, I'm, I've, I won't watch the movie, but I'm told that one of the things they say in the movie is, well, the gladiators... You know, they ate a lot of grains. You know, they can look at their bones and see what they ate. You know, it's a simple test. And yes, gladiators, that's well known. That's well documented that gladiators ate a lot of grains. Here's the rub. Gladiators um, did not look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Only movie gladiators look like that. Real gladiators were known, you know, to put on fat because they wanted to get a layer of fat 
over their muscles so that if they got slashed with a you know uh uh you know a, a trifork a trident or a, um if they got slashed with a, a a knife of some sort it would only go through the fat and not the muscle so it was a protective layer so yes they did eat grains in order to get fat they knew that 2000 years ago <laughs> well you know, <laughs> that's, that's, how, how do we all of a sudden forget this? I don't know. Well, it's like denial, right? Because the thing is, what sucks is it, the bottom line, it's all about money. Yeah. And it's all about lobbies and money and the government. And oh, God, I love, I mean, the, the film is so brilliant. When you had the presidents for many, many, many years, and they were talking about all these different, we're going to do this and the health and the pyramid and blah, blah, blah. And, and you had this great graph behind them showing the money and showing obesity and diabetes, like going up and up and up. And to have such a strong visual while they're talking. And the other thing that I loved is when Dean Ornish was talking, <laughs> he drowned him out with the piano. <laughs> I was cracking up. Well, yeah, and we did that. And when you think about it, like, you know, we showed Dean, we show Gary Taubes on the, uh, I can't remember which show it was. It was the, um, uh, God, that famous guy's show. Um, oh, was it the guy who got in trouble? Was it Charlie Rose? Yeah, it was Charlie right Rose, there. but Charlie Rose wasn't there that night. So Oz was actually moderating the show for Charlie Rose. So Oz was against him. And that annoying AMA woman was there. I hated her. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, she was there and they had um, Arnish. And Taubes was just handing them their ass. Oh, it was great. You should watch that whole interview. Oh, I have to. I have to now. It's fantastic. Just what I saw from your film. He just hands them their ass. And during that interview, Arnish says, listen, unless someone can give me information that goes against the fact that eating meat is bad for you, I'm going to keep telling people not to eat meat. And then we show like seven different facts <laughs> that show that meat should be on the diet. And then we go back to Ornish, who now has like three chins. And, you know, Matilda Ornish, and the guy looks like, you know, death warmed over from his fabulous diet, by the way. <laughs> and we just have him yapping along. Well, I don't know. There's no information out there. We're flashing information all over the screen. And I just fade him out with piano music <laughs> because it, it's drivel. It's just plain drivel. And, you know, it, you know, that's what you do with drivel. You just, you know, your mind just goes to something else. You just don't hear it anymore. Yeah, that was brilliant. You know, one of the things that I also love, I love how you start the movie. It's so heartbreaking. I was so pissed. You have Jim Abrams and, you know, from a wonderful airplane, Hot Shots, he has this toddler son who's having seizures and they they go to, you know, because he's got money, they're able to go to the best of the best hospitals. And he finds in a hospital library, this thing on the keto diet that can help young kids, you know, like his, like his son to reverse or end their seizures. And not a freaking doctor said a goddamn thing. And I thought, holy crap, because I have a special needs child. And if somebody was like, hey, if you try this, and we did the gluten-free, the we've tried everything. But it was so aggravating and it was so heartbreaking. And I'm so glad you put that in the film. Tell tell people a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I went, when I called Jim to ask him to be in the movie, Jim's been on my podcast a couple of times. And um, before I can even finish asking him to be in the movie, he said yes. And, um, you know, Jim, as you mentioned, big time Hollywood producer, 
And, you know, because he was wealthy when his son was born, he was able to take this kid to the best doctors around the country. <clears throat> and this kid was having seizures in the arms of the head of the guy at the Mayo Clinic and the head of a guy here and the head of a guy there. And all these doctors just kept saying, you know, listen, we, you know, we've already done one surgery on your kid. We need to go in and basically do a lobotomy on your, on your toddler. I mean, you have a daughter. Can you imagine? Could you imagine? You know, they're, they're saying to you, we're going to do a lobotomy on your kid. It's mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, I can't, no, I can't either. So, Jim, you know, through divine intervention, and it's the only way you can describe it, and I'm an atheist, but divine intervention played in. And Jim was, you know, he just walked, they were going to do surgery like the next day or the day after, it was scheduled. And he walked in and he was looking for any information. And he picks up one of these books on seizures and he flips it open and it opens to the page where it talks about the keto diet ending seizures. Like this was the way seizures were ended in the 1920s, 30s, and And this 40s. was in the ninth, early, he was born in 1992, or this is when he got sick. Yeah, I could... yeah, early 90s. Charlie Abrams was born in the early 90s. And he runs back into the diet. He goes and he goes, look, doc, what about this? And the doctor was like, yeah, not, you know, not so much. We got drugs. We, you know, we're going to do the surgery. We have other drugs. If all of that fails, then we'll try this. And Jim said, well, why don't we try that first? And this part is left out of the movie, but I know the story because Jim's told me the story. Um, he, Jim goes, why don't we just try this first? And the doctor says, well, your kid, it will probably stop the seizures, but he'll have high cholesterol, which is not the truth. Oh my God. And Jim goes, wait a minute, I don't care about high cholesterol. My kid is having like 100 seizures a day. And I'm not exaggerating. It was like 80, 90 seizures a day. And these people were a wreck. And he got his kid out of there. We interviewed that doctor. It was the one that had like that porno looking mustache. Oh, God, I hated that guy. And his answer was so idiotic. Yeah. I mean, Jim gave us it because Jim had him interviewed. And Jim gave us all of that for free to use That's in a movie. Awesome. And the guy he even said it. He goes, yeah, there were other procedures and medications we hadn't tried. It, no one would have ever believed the truth, but I have the doctor saying it in the movie. Yeah, that was so powerful. And I just had smoke coming out of my ears. I'm like, what a freaking idiot. And more idiot isn't yeah. even strong enough. Yeah. I mean, I mean even uh, – yeah, Jim even did a movie – about the whole thing, starring Meryl Streep. Yeah, I loved seeing her in the film. I was like, oh my God, Meryl, this is awesome. Yeah, you know, she did a, you might want to go watch this. It's on, it's on uh, YouTube. It's called First Do No oh, Harm. Great. Anyone in your okay. audience, First Do No Harm. It's a free movie on YouTube. It's been around for a while. Meryl Streep starred in it. Jim Abrams produced it. It's a true story about a family who had a kid that was like Charlie. Same kind of situation. And um, yeah, same, same, same deal. Same deal. And um, man, it, it is just, it's heartbreaking and scary all at the same time. It really is. And you know, just if we haven't been clear, there is science behind everything we're talking about. And people, again, the the government, the they just don't want to see it, right? The, because it's it's not going to make money for us to be eating 
a high fat diet and eating meat. It's going to make money for the vegetable oil companies and the grains and everything. And that's what's so heartbreaking that they don't really give a crap about our health because you know, I was at the grocery store recently and I rarely, sh- I don't know, probably sound like a snob, but I rarely shop at regular grocery stores. I don't really like them. I try to go to little independent health food stores and whatever I can do. And so, or farmer's markets and things like that. But I'm at the grocery store and I forgot why I had to go there, but I was there and I'm looking at the people who all look kind of sickly and I'm looking at all the processed food in their cart. And then I'm thinking after this, they're going to head over to their uh, CVS or wherever, and they're going to pick up all the prescriptions because they need them because they live on all this processed crap. It just really bummed me out. And I thought, this system is broken. It's just freaking broken. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It is broken. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I just moved to Virginia. So I'm living more in the real world now. That's a big change. Jeez, from Hollywood? I grew up in the Deep South. So- oh, that's right. Louisiana, yeah. You know, I lived in L.A. for 30 years and I worked with celebrities. I'm lying. I lived there for 29 years and I worked with a lot of celebrities. So, you know, it's weird when it's just really weird when you when you live in that kind of environment and you never see what real people look like when you're working with celebrities. Yeah, true. But I travel by car a lot. I just like to drive. I'm not afraid of airplanes, folks. I do a lot of flying to them. I'm flying across country and back uh, beginning of next week, and I got to go to Florida at the end of next week. I'm always on a plane, but I try to drive whenever I can. And I was driving across country not long ago, about about a month ago. And when I drive across country, I don't know if you know this, but out in the middle of nowhere, if you want to grab a Starbucks, like usually I'll get a Starbucks with heavy cream in it, they're usually tucked away in a Target store or a grocery store of some sort. So if you can find a big chain grocery store right off the freeway, you can usually get a Starbucks with heavy cream. And so now, and this makes me sound like a snob and I'm not, but now I'm in a Target in the middle of the country. And it's almost like I'm I'm in a, um, uh, what was that? that, Was it Rod Stein? Oh, Twilight Zone? Rod Sterling. Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rod Sterling. How did you get that out of Rod? Because I flip and love the Twilight Zone. <laughs> All right, so it's like being in a Twilight Zone, and I'm not I'm not goofing on this no, people I or understand. anything. I'm up on. Most of these people in middle America, so, because I'm guessing the person that's going to a Target is living in that area, and this is where they buy their groceries and, and, and any sundries or whatever they need. They're in that store. They're morbidly obese. As a matter of fact, I I have to strain and wait a while to find someone who's not morbidly obese. I'm not being funny. No, I understand. The other thing that seems twilighty is a lot of people are on these little electric cars because they're they can't their their structure cannot hold the weight of their weight. And I told the story on my podcast. I made a mistake <sighs> during that last trip. I made a mistake. I, I was at the Starbucks and uh, at a Target. And the guy, you know, he was probably my age, late 50s or whatever. And he had a hat on that said USMC. And he's in one of those uh, one of those stroller things. And I said, ah. And thank you for your service. And he goes, thank you uh, for mentioning it. And 
I said, how, how did you get injured? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, you were in the Marines. He goes, yeah. I said, how did you get injured? He goes, uh, what do you mean injured? I said, well, you're in, you're in, you're in like this wheelchair thing. And he kind of somberly says, oh, brother, uh, I just can't walk anymore. And I said, well, so you're injured. And he says, no, I can't walk. I'm just too heavy. You know, and I felt like an asshole. Yeah, I felt horrible. You know, I, I, you know, I looked at him and oh, of course he was he was a marine and he, you know, he took a grenade to the leg. Right. No, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think you should feel bad. I mean, that I would have made that assumption. Anyone would, but he couldn't walk because he weighed the better part of four hundred pounds. Oh wow. You know, and it was, you know, I, I felt bad. You know, I internalized that for the guy. It meant I, I was on the road for the next two or three hours beating. I was going, okay, I'll never see this human being again. I, I got to let this go. But in my brain, I'm going, man, what an asshole I am. This guy for the rest of the day is going to go, this SOB walked in. And, you know, I don't know what he thought. Or what he thought of me because we were having a nice conversation back and forth, and then it's kind of like when you see a fat woman and someone goes, "When when are you due?" You always hear the yes. story. <laughs> yeah, that's happened yep. to women. It happened to a friend of mine once, and that's when she called me and said, "I need to start doing no sugars, no grains," and she lost like eighty five pounds. But she was one of those women. If someone walked up to her at a party and said, "Oh, when are you due?" and she goes, "That's it." I can't take this anymore. Well, maybe you inspired that guy. Who knows? Maybe, but, uh, you know, he didn't know who I was. And he go, oh, by the way, I have a free PDF on my Vinnie Tires. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> you, you just walk away and go, man, I'm just an asshole, you know? And there's no two ways about it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's you hard. Know? So why did you go to Virginia? Honestly? I was worried uh, because the homeless situation has gotten so dire in in L.A. that we started looking a couple of years ago to get out. Uh, there was no reason for me to be there anymore. My entire business is on is online, um, so I can work from anywhere. And we started, you know, when my daughter was in college at UVA, we started visiting Virginia, and we just loved it here. The people were nice. Uh, there's no traffic. You know, just all all the things that you want. And I, you know, I lived in Beverly Hills for a long time. I lived in Brentwood. That's where the OJ murders happened. I'm sorry, wait, they never caught whoever did that. But <laughs> I, OJ murders, but. I shouldn't laugh. So I lived in some really nice areas, Woodland Hills in a nice yeah, area. Kardashianville. You, know, you know, I kept saying that the homeless population will never make it out here because we live in a valley. It's just too damn hot. But they ended up in the valley. And I started looking around thinking, when are the housing prices going to drop? And, you know, the aforementioned Dr. Drew, I was with uh, Drew one day about a year and a half ago. And we walked out. I was doing his show. We walked out of the studio together and he uh, he saw my kayak on the top of my truck. And he goes, oh, sweet kayak. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going out to the ocean right now. He goes, where? And I said, the ocean, Drew. <laughs> he goes, I know, Vinny, where? I said, the ocean. 
shun Drew, and he goes, where in the ocean? And I said, in the water. You know, we were doing this semantic. And he goes, just tell me where you're going to put your boat in. I said, I'm going down to Mother's Beach. And he goes, I can't allow you to do that. And I said, well, what? Huh? He goes, you, you know, you can't do that. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're putting your boat into an oxidation pond. He goes, do you get wet on that boat? I said, of course, there's a sea kayak. Yeah, I'm going to be wet with ocean water. He goes, I can't allow you to do that. I wouldn't allow one of my kids to do it. I'm not going to let you do it. You're a close friend. You know, you're going to get this. You'll get that. You're... I said, are you kidding me? He said, yeah, it, it's been raining. It's been raining. All of that raw sewage that never made it to, through a processing plant of the 80 plus thousand homeless people who have been crapping and peeing in the streets for the past year, because it only rains in L.A. for like a month or two. He goes, all of that is now in the bay. It's in the ocean. Oh, he said, have you noticed wow. animals dead in the ocean? I said, yeah, you know, I have noticed a bunch of animals belly up. He goes, you ever wonder why? I said, oh, my God. And that's when I went home and told Serena, I said, it's not just about housing prices anymore. I can't even do outdoor activities here anymore. That's terrible. And, you know, I hate to sound like that, but they've ruined, they've ruined California. Well, well, we went to Santa Cruz, my husband and I, last summer, because uh, that's where we met, after not having been there for 17 years. And, I mean, every I couldn't get over how much it's changed, and there was so many homeless people. And it was just, it kind of, it just broke my heart. I'm like, I don't, we had talked about moving back to California, but between that and the fires and, and the price, I mean, it's outrageous. And I have to say, we went to Alexandria, Virginia last April, and we flippin' fell in love. We've actually talked about going there, Paul. So I know that's a more expensive part, because you can take the boat. Oh, my God, you take that water ferry to DC. So fun. So fun. Listen, I could talk to you forever. I hate that I have to let you go. I wanted to get into talking. You were on Oprah. Oh my God. So hot. So funny. That story is great. I'm not going to give it away. People have to see it, but okay. Tell us everywhere we can find you, Vinny. And I hope you'll come back. I know you're a busy guy, but I just love talking to you. No, listen, uh, I'll come back and we can do a whole hour on the Oprah I'd show. love that. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, this, Contact me. We'll do another another thing. I'm sorry. I have to go. I have to, I have like four or five minutes, and I have to do another interview. Um, yeah, you know, people could find me vinnytortoris.com. You can just Google NSNG. That's no sugars, no grains. Find me there. Um, uh, the movie is called Fat, a documentary. That's the whole thing. Is now if you have Prime, Amazon Prime yep, is that's free. Where I saw it. Very to rent on iTunes or you can rent it on Amazon for little or nothing. You can buy Blu-rays or DVDs. Uh, the movie has kind of, it's kind of the little movie that could. It's on 60, it's been picked up by I think over 65 VODs around the country awesome. and the world. And now a bunch of the airlines have picked oh, it up. That's great. Um, people are it's like, hey, I'm on Malaysia Airlines, heading to blah, blah, blah. And look, oh, look what I found. <laughs> oh my god here it is so it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger it's the movie that just keeps rolling out and keeps getting bigger because finally there's a movie that has truth in it so there you have it right and it's fast-paced you never get bored it's totally interesting it's freaking great i love it and Vinny, i adore you i just think you are so incredible oh thanks lisa same it's a mutual admiration society i'm, I'm we'll start a club <laughs> <laughs> I'm started. I'm busy.
Okay, everyone. Rate, review, subscribe. Check us out. You can follow me at Lisa Davis MPH.